This week on Kettle of Fish, actor, writer, and director Wendy McComb stops by to talk about featherless birds and awkward moments. Welcome to our after show. We call Kettle of Fish the No Politics Laughter Show. It's time for Kettle of Fish. No debates, hate, or arguments allowed on Kettle of Fish. It's like a Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip. So hooray for Kettle of Fish. Alrighty, guys, welcome to Kettle of Fish, the show where we chat with actors, comedians, artists, scientists, musicians, magicians, models, and astronauts about life, love, and the creative process. I am your seafaring podcasting captain of the internet airwaves, Nick the Saucy One Catsaurus, broadcasting to you as always from the top of Meth Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my awkward, my stalwart, my forward thinking producer, the plastic straw to my cheap beer, D Maven. <sighs> How about the metal straw to your cheap beer? Can I be a metal straw instead? That way I'm reusable. Yeah, I, I like watching the debates about plastic straws now online. Is there <laughs> anything we won't fight about in this country? Uh, I believe the answer is no. Also, point of order. Um, I think we need to officially change our intro song. I mean, I love, I love, love, love the song. And the Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip gets me every time and makes me want to giggle. But we're not the after show anymore. We're the... We're the show now. We're the big show now. Yeah. The flagship, I I guess, of the network now, I I would say. Kind of this is musical osmosis. Yeah. After like, how many years has it been? Like three, four, five? I don't know. Who Um, even knows anymore? Yeah. There hasn't been an ignorance equation for almost two years. Yeah. And life is so sweet without politics. (laughs) We're going to be coming up on our 100th show soon enough. I mean, you know. Yeah, maybe it's time for a revamp while we're on yeah. break. All right, well, let's get our co-hosts in. I want to introduce a girl who thrives in the sunshine, drinks in the moonlight, and smiles through all adversity. Fern, the moist voice, heart. Oh, you peg me every single week. And I know you put a lot of effort into that, but you are absolutely right, man. This week, I rode that struggle bus a little hard because we had like a week and a half of rain. And I think like... Sometimes life, everybody's got a lot going on, right? But I think when that plate is full, when you start taking away the sunshine for like a week and a half at a time, that does things to me. Like, I need my sunshine. I need Ain't my no bright sunshine when that... on. I literally and started singing that on mute. so stupid. <laughs> really? Did you yeah. really? Oh, my God. That's <laughs> you guys are on such a good wavelength today. And, and a point of order... I want to put a plastic straw into my Starbucks holidays cup. And then let's see how pissed off the country gets. Oh, man, you're going to get some fucking anthrax in the mail if you do that. (laughs) I know. Death threats abound. Jeez. That's 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 going to be just a straw that that, that broke the camel's back, and it will be all out. Lit them on fire. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's chat break. We're going to actually do a little Dark August um, podcast to update everybody. But we're about to go on break for a month because we are going to hit the road and film with some pretty groovy people. And I'm excited. Plus, I'm going to do some other projects, too. And Fern, you have an excellent idea for a project in the works. I don't know if you want to reveal it yet. But I really like the idea. Yeah. I, you know, I, it's going to be um, a little web series, and it's my first real project. I am, you know, I've always kind of put myself down and told myself that I can't do things. But, you know, podcasting with you guys and also this network has kind of, 
you know, and Nick, you've pushed me too, like baby bird, get out of the nest. And so this is my first real project. Um, it's a, uh, it's reality. It's, it's total reality. And it is, uh, I don't know oh, well, that's not going to go over well. We don't like reality anymore in America. Mm. Ooh, we hate well, reality. Oh, you know what? I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and let everyone know. I, you know, I was going to kind of hang on to this, but I'm doing an Uber series and it's interviews with my Uber drivers. And sometimes I'm more sober than others. And it's, it's really just about these people and their lives and their I like how we have to assume your baseline is drunk and sometimes <laughs> you're more sober and not sometimes I'm yeah. drunk. While I think that's a beautiful premise. Yeah. I think I, I normally pretty much stumble between buzzed and shit faced. So somewhere in between there is really where you'll find it. Is there such uh, a shit yeah, buzz? We need to make that a thing. Yeah, I think maybe you just found that middle ground. But no, it, it's cool because I always talk to my Uber drivers. I always talk to people. I'm a pretty social person, especially with a few beers on board, maybe a little vodka. As you guys know, I drink a little bit of vodka. But it's it's really cool to just kind of get in the minds of people and the different backgrounds, especially in the area that I live in, in Virginia Beach. There's a lot of people who are from other countries or from other states, and it's really Military cool to get town. that. It's really about geographical perspective, um, you know, on life based on where they're from. And, you know, everybody's been really cool about it. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to launch this. I've got the videos in the can. I've got to edit them and get them up. But, yeah, we'll we'll be launching one or two of those in September after our dark August. That's, that's the project. Nice. All right, Dee, where can everybody find and listen to archives while Tin Can's taking a little bit of a respite? Of course. Everyone. Is it respite or respite? How do you it's say respite. it? Respite? Respite. respite? Mm-hmm. A little bit of a respite. Um, yes. Everybody can always go to www.tincan.media for all things Tin Can Media. Um, just type in www.tincan.media, push enter, and poof, you're there. That's it. It's that simple. Stop overthinking it. You can also, of course, find our Kettle of Fish and Musical Osmosis shows on both iTunes and castbox.fm. So whatever nifty little app you've got on your phone, you've probably already got us around and you don't even know it yet. I think Dee's going to be putting up some of our other Tin Can Network stuff on iTunes, too, over the break, right? Probably. Funny thing about politics. Some of our older archive stuff. Yeah. Don't know if it's ever coming back, if I can ever weasel my way back into doing politics. I don't have the stomach for it right now. Just, just. righty. Well, let's move on. Today's guest is a filmmaker with over 80 short films under her belt. Um, she is just now releasing her first full-length film, Birds Without Feathers. The brilliant and intuitive, I, I consider intuitive, Wendy McComb. Wendy, <laughs> how's it going? Hey, great. Thank you. Thanks for saying that. Nah, no problem, man. Um, I was watching you on social media. I follow you on pretty much all the platforms, and it looks like the last few weeks particularly have been completely hectic and crazy for you. You've got a lot going on. Thanks. Yeah, sometimes there's so much going on, it's like, every everything and nothing at the same time yeah and i know right now one of the things you have going on is your movie um are you guys still doing film festivals i know you were doing quite a bit of them before is that still going on yeah birds without feathers uh, my feature film it is it's still going around we're gonna go to canada next and, wow um, yeah it's wild i mean you just make a thing and you're 
you hope it gets seen. And then uh, now we're traveling everywhere. You just got back from Munich Film Festival. And then, um, yeah, we're going to be going to all over the place, like Denver and Montana. And then, yeah. Um, How's the reception on the film? Are you getting lots of positive feedback? Yeah, I mean, it's wild. Um, it's different every time. I mean, when people, I think it really depends on the audience member, how they how they um where they're at in their life when they watch the film some people leave after laughing the whole time and some people leave a bit perturbed i'd say wow and then, uh, wow. And then some people and then some people leave saying uh, thank you uh, i'm really happy to see people express themselves now i feel like i want to do that and i feel like that's a really big message for me on the film i absolutely love the film and one thing that was obvious to me after digging into all things wendy mccomb is you seem <laughs> like somebody who really just instinctively that's why i said you're intuitive know people and know a lot about the human condition and that really shines through in birds without feathers it's interesting my art really travels with uh it aligns with what i am going through in my life and it's kind of interesting my first part of creating constantly creating stuff you know uh, i was just spending my life creating so i wasn't really living is what i'm finding and so for you to say that it's kind of like i'm just realizing that I'm just realizing that I may be intuitive and I'm just realizing I may know a lot more than I thought I did. So it's interesting to finally kind of just have a minute after making a feature film to be like, oh, wait a minute, and learn stuff even for myself. Like uh, even like uh, learning self-respect uh, at my age is kind of what Bird showed me. Like kind of interesting. Kind of like I had a really fun time making every single thing. Um, I love creating. I love, I love it. It's easy. It's nice, but for some reason, it's just like it was like always on to the next thing, you know, and never taking a moment. All right, well, let's do this. Go ahead and tell us about the film for people who don't know about it. Me and Fern and D, of course, watched it, but let's give the listeners a little bit of context here. Yeah, Birds Without Feathers is a feature film about six broken individuals who give everything away in order to receive love or try to and dark comedy that's how i try to explain it um some people say magnolia on crack and then um you know they kind of take what they want from it you know fern um i sent the movie over to you what was your first impression of it because i know d is not as into things that are off the beaten path as i am but i know fern you really dug this movie yeah i, I totally did you know i always approach all of our guests and all of their work from artistic like what am i going to out of this type of standpoint and you know really while the film is definitely unique and honestly a little weird not gonna lie it is a little weird but it's a pleasant weird it's a happy weird it's a very unique wow this is so cool weird because i like weird like i dig into weird but the message i got from it and i don't know and like you said different people pull different things from it but Maybe this is because of where I'm at in my life. Like, I really pulled a lot of the destructive behaviors that come from self-loathing and how some people try to run away from accepting their true selves and being happy with themselves and do other things to be other people, to try to get away from them. And it can sometimes lead to destructive behaviors, but really what it comes down to is we're our own worst critics. We look at ourselves and punish ourselves sometimes when the world around us really doesn't have that perception of us. And it's me, it's about trying to love yourself, mm -hmm. accept yourself, and no matter how much you might feel isolated, even just one or two people as a good support system to kind of lift you up 
and be there for you can mean the world. So try to embrace that if you have it and not push it away because of self-loathing. Like I really dug the movie. It was great. I pulled a lot out of it. It was like holding up a mirror and going, Uh you know, it, it really exposes, yeah. it's a very, it makes you vulnerable and it makes you look mm-hmm. at it and say, I am not that bad. I need to love myself and I, I just love what you did with it. Thank you. That makes me really happy to hear. All righty. Um, Wendy, let me kind of jump right in here with this because one of the things about the film that really struck me is your directing, producing and starring in this film. That seems like a lot of moving parts. Was it difficult for you to focus on so many moving parts? Because that seems like a lot for any one person. Well, I did more than that, too. I wrote it, too, and um, edited it, and also cooked dinner every night. I, I will say That's important. I'm proud of that. <laughs> I wanted my crew to have, like, not pizza, you know? So I just made... <laughs> we had the same thing every day, so not really Was it mac and cheese? No! <laughs> I wanted them to have some sort of health. Like, they were working their, their asses off. Um, no, we had, like, you know, quinoa and like kale or spinach and like black beans. Just try to make something easy. It was it was cool. Um, honestly, it was really easy. I'm not some sort of superhuman. Um, I think everybody's capable of doing what they love. If they just try it, they'll see that it's easy as well. Uh, anyone is capable of all they desire, and I truly believe that. And I'm not. You know, so I, what's holding everyone really back? Easy. Is it just fear of failure? Fear. Is that the big caveat? Failure, yeah. I mean, if I knew what really goes into a feature film, I don't think I would have made it. First of all, I had to survive. I used to be pro, very prolific, making comedy shorts. Uh, I think it's very obvious in my timeline of work. It's like, where did the short films go? Like, they kind of like drop off. And um, just one day I woke up and I'm like, I'm gonna go and do make a movie. And then I did. And I think it was just like, I do believe in the universe. Um, You know, everybody has their own belief system. And it's truly, it's magical what happens when you do believe in yourself or when it's like the thing, like, you know, you can pick positive or negative, right? Well, you know, what I used to tell my band back in the day was, look, if I showed you a crystal ball and it showed us playing stadiums, in three years, your ass would be at band practice every day and you would be giving your all to make that happen. So the only difference is, is your lack of commitment and your lack of, you know, just believing in yourself that's stopping you from taking this seriously. But if you knew the payoff was coming as an absolute fact, you would do it. You're just not doing it because you're like, ah, why am I putting all this into it? I'll probably never make it anyways. So there's a lot to be said about attitude. I hear what you're saying about the belief in self. And when you really... Uh, and your bandmates, it's, it's it's true. You can't force somebody to believe in themselves. But I think doubt and fear is what it is that makes people stop. And I've experienced doubt and fear firsthand, like to a regard that I never thought I would feel before after making the movie, actually. So it, it helps me relate more to other people and like understand why like they're doing what they do or don't do what they do and it is sad actually because everyone is capable of all they desire but if you don't believe in yourself then yeah you're not going to do anything and you know i've experienced that after making the film i've i've stopped myself a few times after making the film as well 
So it, it's very human. And you do know human nature, human behavior. Fern, fear <laughs> yeah. is the mind killer, right? Yeah, it, it totally is. And, you know, your understanding of people and emotions, I mean, it really, there, there's so many times in that movie where I'm looking and there's just no dialogue, but you feel everything. And, you know, you feel the fear, you feel the insecurity, you feel the the doubt, the, you know, all that stuff without anyone saying a word. And I think that's brilliant. And, you know, I, I read an article, um, an interview that you did. And one of the quotes I pulled from that, because I, I found this very important and very profound. And you were talking about not waiting until things were perfect. You know, everybody, you mm-hmm. know, they want to wait until they get married until things are perfect or have kids or do a project until things are perfect. And I, I mean, I'm very much, I, I, I've been stuck in that web for mm. far too long. So when you said follow your instincts and don't cloud them with your mind, like I think if mm-hmm. more people really ran with that emotion and their passion and put something positive out into the world, like you said, embracing that positive, I'm all about that too. And stop letting the fear of what may happen if it's bad. You know what? If you fall, you pick yourself back up, you take that lesson, you apply it and you move forward. Yeah. Like I think that is so important. So yeah, I mean, I think I think people need to hear that. And I, I love that you're very out with that and project that. I, thank you. I feel like um, that. Yeah, it, it's something I believe in fully, and I and I hope that everyone can live their true, like be their true selves, because everyone is a gift as they are, even if they're angry and negative. I hate the word negative. I think that's so halting and causes so much more self-hate. It's like, if you have an emotion, it is not negative. The only thing that's negative about it is if you suppress yourself or if then have negative self-talk, like, oh, you're stupid for being angry. Like, that's negative. But, like, if you're like, oh, right. that's all right. What are you angry about? What am I angry about this? Well, guess what? There might be, like, a secret little uh, thing that I'm locking there. And then once you're done doing that, oh, guess what? You're going to do everything you want all the time after that. It's like, it's just so nuts. It's nuts. What people... Yeah, and it's so sad. That's so so true. It's so true. And and instead of making that choice to embrace the positive and move forward with that, people make the choice to live in that negativity out of fear. You know, happiness and positivity are emotions, just like fear are emotions. And you can either let it debilitate you, or you can use it as fuel to push through and move forward and embrace the good. And yeah, I just I admire that, and I think I think people need to hear that, and they need a support system too that's going to enable Absolutely. them to do that and, and be behind them. Nobody does it by themselves. This is all basically what came from the movie, basically. And I hope anyone watching it could maybe take something from it like this. And some people might get sad, but sometimes you go through the darkness to get to the light, which you know I had to do. Well, and let me tell you a couple of my takeaways from the movie, and you could tell me if I'm just over analyzing this. The first thing I noticed about the film was all the antiquated technology, like the old-timey tape recorder and VHS Mm -hmm. tapes and VCRs. And I just felt like all those characters in that movie using all of this dysfunctional old devices was just (laughs) showcasing how broken they were and how out of step they were in today's um, society. Am I kind of offbeat with that or am I nailing it? Well, that's kind of fun. Um, (laughs) Because I think subconsciously I create a lot and I'm just like, this is right. I don't know why, but it's right and we're doing it. And I think that's a really huge thing to follow as a filmmaker or any sort of creation. So I didn't think of that. But it's kind of funny because I personally have all that stuff at home and I feel very offbeat and out of touch, you know, sometimes. So it's kind of interesting you say that. And it's true. 
Well, that's how it felt to me. Like the film had a real Island of Misfit Toys vibe about it. Is what I (laughs) yeah, and that's just so wonderful. You brought that to my attention. No, I didn't. I didn't intend that. I didn't think about it. But a lot of this is like related to my real life, and it's very vulnerable. And you know, and and I usually get inspired pretty much by my dad um, for for old trinkets and films. And uh, yeah. Another thing I noticed too was kind of the manic behaviors. There was a lot of people in that manic state repeating themselves, which when I Mm -hmm. used to have anxiety attacks, it was kind of something I used to do too. So I could really relate with it. And it it just showcased really good how people just get anxious. People get stuck in these little mind cycles. And I could really relate to people just kind of saying the same thing over like, oh, can we do like, can I call you? Can I call you? Can I call you? Like over and over again. I really caught that. And it's like, I think my original intention with that is one time somebody told me, they said, Wendy, this was years ago. Um, you're going to keep hitting these walls and one day you're going to wake up and you're going to wonder why. And so I think with these characters, they're just constantly hitting walls and they're choosing directions that are not actually real fixes. They're just band-aids. And I really want to show that. I really, really want to show that in every single regard of the film with every single repetition. And if you notice, which took me a long time to actually notice, they're repeating a lot, right? They're right. repeating words, but they never really express an emotion. And when you express your emotion in real life, you'll stop repeating. That's what I truly believe. Ha, Fern, um, she is going down the rabbit hole in this, and we've had similar conversations, right? Yeah, and I think that, again, plays to the vulnerability factor of people being insecure and being scared to be vulnerable because of their own, either their own idiosyncrasies or their insecurities. But the one thing that I pulled out of this was the symbiotic relationships, um, especially with the two female leads, like how they, they've really helped each other without helping each other, without saying, hey, I'm going to help you. They just did it. You know, one was pulling the other out of the shell and the other one was pulling the other off the bathroom floor. I mean, it was a symbiotic relationship that and that that really translated throughout the movie and showed the importance of even though you're insecure and even though you don't want to be vulnerable, like we're all human beings and we need to be. And if you stuff that down, like it leads to, again, those destructive behaviors, but having yeah. that symbiotic relationship, even in, even if it is in a very subtle way, is super important to the human psyche. And I just, I loved that. Thanks. I mean, hopefully the conclusion can be understanding, not who's right or whatever. So you're somebody who comes from this world of doing short films. Let me kind of ask you this two-part question. One, could this movie, Birds Without Feather, exist if you just didn't have this long history of grinding it out in shorts? And also, do you think being a director makes you a better actor? Do you think you, and just in general, directing over time will make you a better actor? Are those two Mm. like mutually exclusive? I I don't think I could have made this movie without making those short films. I mean, I I think I've written four feature films before I made this, and it all led up to this, you know. And I don't know if I would have been happy if I made the other. I mean, who knows? My life could be completely different if I decided to make a feature film like five years ago. I have no idea. Um, I just know that I possibly just don't know if I would be ready as a human to like even say this stuff out loud. And I think it's so important to have a life's purpose or at least a life's purpose for now. And for me, that's trying to help people know it's okay to express themselves and they're not alone in this. And like that was 
I could not have said that that was something I thought about, you know, four years ago um, or would have known how to even relate to it at all because I was still trying to hear myself. So I I don't know. I don't know how it would have been. I'm proud of that one. Out of five out of one out of five, I'm proud of that one. So I'm really proud of the style that came out of it. And as far as acting, I don't know if being a director makes you a better actor. Um, I can admit because I think vulnerability is everything. Uh, I can admit, I think I was faking it forever, acting um, in anything, Um, faking it. I thought I was really doing it because I I acted my whole life. I did theater in high school. I always thought, you know, I am a star. I was like a Rachel Berry A-type personality in high school and the captain of everything. Um, directed plays. And I just thought, yeah, I got this acting thing down. But they don't teach you in acting in, in theater class in high school that listening is like the most important skill of acting. Um, and trusting, right? You, you said something about yeah. trust in the most recent article I read about you. Oh, yeah, trusting. I mean, you have to trust yourself or you have to trust the director, which, you know, sometimes is hard. Um, I'll just say that um, I think halfway through, I think about uh, five years ago, I did a short film I acted in, and I actually trusted the director, Michael Mohan's director's name, the short Pink Grapefruit. It was really great short film, and it made me believe in myself as an actor again. Um, but I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to a class or something, because I, I know I'm kind of faking it and yeah well I had already gone to two months of this class and I used it in the short film and then I went back to the class it's called Meisner uh it's a technique and that's what you see the actors using in the film and everyone in the film is having a real experience nobody is line read nobody practices their lines or knows other people's lines before they do it um it's a surprise it's all a surprise to self and um does that make it easier or harder because i feel like that would make it more cumbersome to kind of maneuver through it makes it so easy um because you just you for the class go in there and it helped me become a better writer as well um you go in there you're only allowed to be honest so people quit like the second class um, oh, you're only allowed to, yeah, you're only allowed to be honest and you have no script for eight months and you just repeat over and over again how you feel like when at the moment you feel it and you can't make it up. You can't like and if you feel nothing, you have to continue to repeat that same emotion until you feel something. You can feel agitated. And then someone has to say, you feel agitated. I that feel is agitated. fucking intense. It is. And it was awesome. And I know myself more. And so now. If I get a script and I know I'm supposed, my goal in the scene is to get this because I'm terrified. I have to make up a real life story that I truly believe in, meditate on it, believe it, let it go, and just trust that that emotion is in the back of my head or in my heart when I'm acting, and I allow it to just be, and then it, and it's there. Man, firm. That's got to is... be therapeutic. I mean, seriously, <laughs> that's got to be therapeutic because I know it was therapeutic as you know, as someone who watching the movie, it was therapeutic and really. It's got to be therapeutic as an actor to really be in that emotional space, that truth. And I think that's really why this film affected me the way that it did is because everybody was in that space of truth and that emotion and that really translated very, very well. And like I said, even without lines, even with just facial expressions or actions or, you know, the, just the general drop back, you know, the setting 
like you really felt that truth come through. And I think that's really what makes it so genuine. And I, I mean, I love that. That's got to be therapeutic as an actor, though, and as a director to really work through mm-hmm. those emotions as they come out. That's pretty cool. It's like drugs. Uh, I'm not a big drug user. I maybe did mushrooms once in my life. But uh, I remember one of the actors, he's yelling in the car while he's driving. We were just shooting that scene forever. It's in the trailer when he says, they're not going to like me. They're going to think I'm a dog, worthless individual with nothing going for him. It sucks. It sucks. And um, before he did that line, uh, you know, I just kind of... I kind of like yelled through the car, like, I know you got more in there. I know you got more truth in there. That's, that's not deep enough. Nice. And then he, uh, he yelled that out. And it was so true that I swear to God, it felt like I had the mushrooms just hit. Like I had to, I couldn't stop laughing and crying for 10 minutes as, you know, behind camera. It was so beautiful. And so, yeah, it was so, it's a surprise. And this is why I really get pissed off when I see people on Facebook. And if a, if an actor or a musician or anybody in the arts says something political, they're just like, shut the hell up and act. Or they'll say, your job is so easy. And I'm like, dude, I couldn't be an actor. I couldn't do it. it it's too emotionally draining. And I couldn't get up at 5.30 a.m. and wait <laughs> on set and then have to go out in, like, the freezing snow and a T-shirt and do this. <laughs> like, that. Like people so underestimate how much hard work go. But in the, in the same note, the people screaming the loudest, like, shut up and just perform actors. Or, you know, you guys have the easier at cocktail parties in the Hollywood Hills. Those are the same <laughs> people who are enjoying the product. They love the product. They love The Walking Dead, but they hate as soon as somebody in The Walking Dead says something they don't like. It is such a crazy that, dichotomy. I wish those people on Facebook would be like, I'm sad. I wish I could express that. Will someone talk to me? I wish that's what they were saying instead. <laughs> yeah, don't hold your Whatever breath. They were- Whatever they were feeling during that uh, rant they did on Facebook. All right. Well, we got to get out of here. Let me touch on this real quick because um, Fern sent me a couple videos, a couple shorts she did, The Exorcism, and one, my friend Willie, with our pal Willie Roberts, that really showed him in a opposite Googie-type light. And you really brought a lot out in that video. And it's weird, too, Mm -hmm. because I didn't know until I started researching you that you have done stuff with Ember Knight. You've done stuff with Willie Roberts. And these are all people who are friends of the show. And I just love that good vibe circle of creators that you're a part of. They're amazing. Um, Just amazing people who are trying to bring light into the world and just express. Yeah, they're just amazing people. Yeah, I love that circle. Fern. We've had so many great people. We've, I think we've interviewed well over 300 people between all the shows. But I particularly love that creative circle that I was just talking about. The, the product and the creativity and just the content. Not product. I better use, I, It's better to use the word content. It's just amazing to me. I love it. makes me happy when I watch Googie and stuff well, like that. Well, yeah. You totally put it right, though. I mean, you you phrase that correctly. It's a good vibe, creative circle, and that is, it's really interesting to just see the differences artistically, but yet the same positive, the same positive undertone to everything. And so, when I watched my friend Willie, I tripped out. I was like, "Oh my god, this is like so different than Google." And he's been on the show twice, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is crazy!" And I loved it. Um, the exorcism was great. Like I loved that concept and you did a fantastic job acting in that. 
But one thing that really struck me, I was checking out your website that Nick had sent me and I saw the short suit and like really, it, it was only like a minute and a half, a minute 40 long, whatever it was. But that really left me with a wow mentality. Like that's all I could say after I saw it. I was like, wow. And you said that was based on a true story. My friend worked at a vegan restaurant and she came home and she's like, oh my God, oh my God, I did the worst thing today, Wendy, Wendy. And I was like, what? She goes, I was thinking it could be a short film, but it's too horrible. It's too horrible. I was like, what? And she said this man came in and he had like dysmorphia of the hand and she was just acting very nice with him, helping him with everything. She was helping him with his napkin. She was helping him with his chair. She was helping him get with his water and he ordered soup and um, she brought the soup to him. And then he asked her for a straw. And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And then she comes back and just without asking places it in his soup. And then he told her it was for his water. Yeah, the human yeah. stories are the best. And I know, I mean, uh, just to pivot back to Willie Roberts, that has got to be amazing to be working with him. Because I we talked first about Roseanne when it happened for an hour. And I think it's the longest kettle of fish we ever did. It was probably an hour and 20. And then he came back yeah. when Roseanne got fired and we talked about it for an hour. I could talk ah. to Willie for five hours and not even know it. That must have been a blast to be on set with him, to work with him. Willie's a wild guy. I've known him for a long time. And he has a kid now. So, yep. you know, and, we, and I kind of don't do the Channel 101 as much. But it's still like a really amazing place to be. Um, he, I don't know. I just always saw him in, in stuff, you know, and he's so electric in real life. And I don't know as much as he's electric and googie and stuff like that. He's still this character in it. You know what I mean? He's like this happy character guy in it, but I know Willie is a real life guy. And so I'm like, when he talks about how he eats biscuits and gravy, how he just talks about real shit. And I'm like, when are you going to be in a short that shows you doing that? And so kind of did this. And then um, I remember even the first scene, he laughed on camera for that first uh, opening scene. And I was like, Willie, that's not how you laugh in real life. And uh, I kind of reenacted his laugh because we're friends. And then he remembered, you know, it's like kind of funny when you're an actor, you kind of sometimes don't realize you're not doing your real laugh. You're kind of doing a version of it sometimes. If you don't have like somebody calling you out or, Hey, well, it's awkward like not to laugh. I kind of, um, I don't laugh a lot. Maybe I'm dead inside or something, but it's very <laughs> rare you'll hear me fucking laugh out loud. And sometimes yeah. there's this awkward pause in an interview. We had Raven, a wrestler, on last year. And he's like, dude, when are you going to start laughing at my stuff? I'm spinning gold here. And I'm like, dude, don't take it personally. I'm laughing on the Aye. inside. You know, I just, I'm not a person who laughs. So now I've tried to cultivate a way to kind of chuckle, but you're right. It's not authentic. Yeah, and so I kind of reenacted his laugh for him, and he remembered it. And then it's just like he's electric in this short film. I mean, it's yeah, he, he is. this is he's full on Willie Roberts in this film, and I and he's my friend, so it's my friend Willie. But you like, brought that out of him, and I thought that was really great. And I mean, before I even had that thought, Fern, you sent it to me, and you're like, "You have got to see this. You won't believe how opposite, how counter googie this is, and counter all the fun Willie memes and stuff this is." Right, Fern? Oh yeah, and you know, having him on the show is very different than 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 googie as well. You know, talking yeah. to him and 
and doing what we did. But this really was when you see somebody, you, know, you talk to somebody and you're like, okay, this is a person. I'm a person. We're talking as people like we're cool. But when you see them on camera and where most of what you see is him, you know, talking to birds or, you know, throwing back to the Zoltar machine or whatever in a kid's show. And then you see this dichotomy to this, this really deep, dark, like back in the corner where nobody can see chewing on that last nerve type of, Hey, I'm actually really fucking crazy. You know, like it was great. I loved it. It was, it was, it blew my mind, but I thought it was fantastic. I was like, yes. I mean, you see, you, it, it's total polar opposite. And I loved seeing that. I'm so glad yes, that bravo. you put that out there because it was great. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. He's, he's electric in that film. It's great. All right. We've got to get out of here. We got another guest calling in at three. Wendy, I want to thank uh, you immensely for spending 45, oh God, almost <laughs> an hour with us. Um, do yeah. me a favor. Tell everybody where we can find you online and what else you've got coming up this summer. Are you guys hitting a lot more festivals or are you going back into writing some shorts? What do you have coming up the rest yeah. of the year and where can we find you? Dang, that's okay. I got this. Um, yeah, Wendy McCollum, M-C-C-O-L-M, um, on Instagram. And birdswithoutfeathers.com. You can see the trailer there. It's radical. And birdswithoutfeathers Instagram. Um, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, youtube.com slash Wendy McCollum if you want to see where I came from <laughs> and uh, where you were birthed yeah where I was burned and um, basically yeah you'll kind of see the evolution of me and my soul and you can you you're welcome to do that for yourself as well and um, yeah I think I think I might try to do some comedy again um, we'll see some short films um, starting in the works um, I am writing my next feature. We're doing nice. a bunch more films. We're doing a bunch more film festivals. You can keep an keep an eye on that. Maybe you can come to a come to some of them. And um, yeah, we'll see. I have a lot of short films in the backlog. I'm editing right now, so stay tuned. Well, you talk. Let me end with this more thing. I got to get out. Um, you talk about the evolution of your work. And I didn't notice until I booked the show and started digging in and saw your IMDb, which goes back to 2007. I assume you're producing YouTube and stuff before that. Are you the kind of person that sets an expectation and you're like, I'm not where I thought I would be at 2007? Or do you just grind out the work and live in the moment and don't get bogged down with like setting like this 10 year plan? Second one. Yeah, because it's like a New Year's resolution. You know, you're like, this year, tomorrow, I'm going to start working out every day. It's like, no, you're not. You're just going to feel like a failure in two weeks. Uh, you got to like, you got to do one or two times a week, dude. Like, you haven't worked out your whole life. You think you're going to do it every day now? Like, that's just like, I do what I want. And, you know, I just keep going towards it. And when I'm taking a day off because it's not, something's not happening. I, I try to go to the beach or take a walk and like feel good about myself or work on myself. And then uh, I get an idea and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that now and have fun with it. And then usually you get a phone call out of nowhere. You get an email out of nowhere. You guys contact me out of nowhere and it's just enjoy it. Man, you're like the most emotionally healthy person we've ever had on the show. <laughs> You've got it all figured out. Fern, would you agree? Wow. I mean, she just, like I yeah. said, she's got it all figured out, man. 
Absolutely, but that's good. That's so good. I mean, it just goes right back to what you said. Don't cloud your mind, man. Follow your instincts. And you're totally an instinct person. Like, and I think, again, I think that's important for people to hear again, because those words are gold. You know, there are certain things in your life that you hear that kind of stick with you. And that's important. And people should definitely remember that. And I think that's awesome. Thank you. And I want to, if I can just say one more thing, because that can sound like to anybody who's having a hard time can be like, shut the, shut the hell up, positive person. You don't know. <laughs> it's like, I, I just want to say I've been there. And like, even a few days ago, like I couldn't get out of bed, but then I had to like allow myself to not get out of bed and figure out what was this feeling in my body? What was it? And when yeah. I figured it out, I allowed myself to be okay with it, gave myself some damn ice cream and got up, you know, but it took me hours. So it's like, yeah, I go through dark too. We all do. And I just want everyone to know I'm not some like superhuman because it's possible for everyone, everybody. I have 20 rebuttals to that, but we'll have to save it for another time. You're, <laughs> you're like, Willie, I could talk to you for five hours. All right. We got to get out of here. Once again, Wendy, thank you so much for spending six. Wow. Now 60 minutes with us. It was a delight. <laughs> hey, thank you guys so much. You guys have a good one. You too. All righty, D, let's get out of here because we've got more recording to do. Thank mm-hmm. you.